Amen. Our God is awesome. Isn't that true? We got to sing it out sometimes just to remind ourselves, right? Oh, man. Sometimes we got to remember he's our deliverer, right? Nobody else can deliver us, right? Our God is awesome. And uh, I'm grateful to open up our Bible with uh, this incredible gospel of Luke that we're going to look at today. So let's, let's open up the scriptures together to Luke's gospel. And uh, we have been, we've been uh, in a series of, of messages over the last few months. And uh, we've really been looking at the, the, the scriptural concept of living compassionately uh, and generously in, in, in the world that we live in. And recently we've been looking at uh, each of the Gospels and just trying to see how each Gospel writer helped us to understand uh, the, the heart of compassion and, and generosity from Jesus. And uh, today uh, we're looking at Luke's Gospel. And, um, and Luke, you know, he's a unique uh, writer in the sense of he's, uh, he's really the only Gentile person that wrote something in the scriptures. Uh, so that's a big, that's a big deal. Uh, Luke was not Jewish. Uh, he, uh, he was a uh, physician and uh, was a sometimes traveling companion uh, along with Paul on some of his missionary journeys. Since he was Gentile, uh, it is no surprise that out of all the Gospels, Luke tends to really emphasize how Jesus interacted with those that weren't Jewish. Uh, and, and also those on the margins of society. Uh, Luke does a great job of really helping bring that aspect of Jesus' ministry to light. That, there were, that oftentimes it was the poor and not just financially poor. <laughs> but those who were relegated to the lower rungs of social status, so to speak, those were the ones that, that Luke kind of brought out in high relief in looking at the life of Jesus. And so we really, we, we really owe a debt to Luke for his ability to bring that out. Oftentimes when we think about Luke though, we think Luke in the sense of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because those are the four Gospels. But we got to be a little bit careful with that. It's not wrong to think that way and to make parallels and to look at the different Gospels. But really when you think of Luke, you really need to look at Luke Acts. He wrote both. They are in conjunction with one another. And so instead of only looking at the Gospel of Luke in the sense of it's a Gospel, if, if, if Luke and Acts together were shorter, they probably would have fit on one scroll and we'd probably read it as one book in the scriptures. That, that, that's, that, that could have been uh, possible. So always remember that when you read Acts, which we like to do, always keep your mind on how is this connecting with Luke's gospel? Because really they're from the same person trying to tell the same story, right? In the gospel, it's more about, hey, this is what happened with Jesus before he was born. This is what happened in Jerusalem, how his message spread, how it spread from, you know, within Jerusalem. He tried to reach the Jews. It had to go Go to others. This is what it looks like in Luke. But in Acts, it's not just about Jerusalem. It's about how the message spread to the ends of the earth and even made its way to the heart of the Roman Empire in the city of Rome. So Luke, really important uh, writer, uh, very unique, very encouraging. And some of you, I know, don't care about all that kind of stuff, but some of you do. So amen. You need to be compassionate about the people that do care about that kind of stuff, right? But why are we focusing on compassion and, and generosity? Why do we do that? Because we need to do that. 
Because no one else is doing that, to be honest with you. We live in a world that doesn't really talk about compassion and generosity much, right? It talks about elevating yourself. That's really the world we live in. Self is king in this world, people. Everywhere we go, every day we're bombarded. When you're steeped in selfishness and gratifying your desires, and when the world is telling you your desires are fine, don't let anyone tell you they're wrong. You define for yourself what's right. Nobody can tell you what's wrong in that over and over again. When you live in that world, it's very hard to cultivate a heart of compassion. It's very hard. And we sometimes don't even realize it. When we live in a world that's so run by wealth and money and self, it's very hard to cultivate a character that has compassion and generosity at its core. And so that's why we need to show up to church on Sunday, absolutely. And not just Sunday, right? So we need to read our Bibles and pray and share verses with one another throughout the week. I appreciate we had a, a midweek in our young families ministry and uh, Greg and Catherine Dillon were responding really to a question of what, what, what do you remember about your kind of generation of married couples when you were that age, when you were in the 20s or whatever, and you just got married? What, what's different? And one of the things Greg said was, you know, the, the fine art of fellowship is, is, has been lost. He said, back in the day, we used to actually talk with one another using scripture, sharing about what we're learning from God's word, sharing about how God is working in our lives. But oftentimes we don't hear that in today's world. You know, it's like even at church, we can just talk about the mundane or the sports or this or that or interest rates or whatever. So we need to come to a place like this to be, to listen to how important it is for, for the people in this world. I don't know what's going to go down in Cobb County for the rest of the day, but y'all better be thinking about compassion and generosity, amen, and how to cultivate it in your life. And that can make a difference, even if just one of you leaves here with a heart that says, you know what, I'm not going to succumb to the thinking and the patterns of this world. I'm not going to be so consumed with my own needs that I cannot see the needs of other people around me. And I will not be so consumed with busyness and my own schedule that even if I do see the needs, you know, I'm going to be the kind of person that does something about it. And not make excuses and wait for the other person to do it. Because it makes a difference in this world. When people like you and me care about compassion, and care about generosity, and care about bringing the character of Jesus into the world we live in. So let's pray. Father, we pray to you this morning, praying for humility, praying to put ourselves, our thinking, really on the shelf, and uh, we really want your thinking to take its place. We want to pour ourselves out we don't want pride to get in the way of what you can say to us right now in this moment, at this hour, through the scriptures that we're going to read. Father, please help us to cultivate a character of compassion and generosity in how we live our lives. God, help us to care about the things you care about. Help us to see people the way you see people. And respond to people when they are in need the way we've seen you do it. And you showed us so clearly when we looked through the life of Jesus. I pray that we can 
glorify Jesus, that we can praise him even as we read that, Father, our hearts can be moved and changed. Uh, so help us, God. I know that's not going to be because of any eloquence or anything like that. It's going to be because of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word. It's a sword that penetrates and gets in our hearts and helps us to be more like your son, Jesus. Please, God, help us to see spiritually like you want us to. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Turn with me to the seventh chapter of Luke. When I was, I, you know, read through the whole gospel again and, um, and just studying and reading. And I really think of all the chapters, this is probably, and I think one guy I read, I forgot who it was. He, he even talked about this might be the, the chapter that might show kind of Jesus' compassion the most. That maybe Luke was really trying to put these stories all together to really help us understand the heart of Jesus. Obviously, I don't have time to go through every single one of the stories, but there are really kind of four main uh, interactions uh, in, in the seventh chapter. And uh, I'm going to start with verse 11, but, uh, you know, we'll probably refer a little bit to the, the first part of the chapter there with the, the centurion who is not Jewish. Okay? Once again, this, this is a centurion. He's, he's working for the enemy, right? But because of his generosity and because of his character, uh, you know, the, the Jewish people, you know, go to Jesus. This great Gentile person has a servant who's sick. and Can you really help him? And the cool thing is you see Jesus' willingness to help a servant of a Gentile uh, just totally willing to do it. And, uh, and, and the powerful thing is he heals the servant without even seeing the servant. He just basically thinks about it, says something, but somehow without Jesus being in the same room as the servant, he heals the servant in response to the, this Gentile centurion's great faith. So that's a really powerful story. And so the Bible says in verse 11, soon afterward, so after this incredible healing happens, uh, we, we, we now catch up with Jesus. Soon afterward, <clears throat> Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the town gate, a man who had died was being carried out. The only son of his mother who was a widow and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier and those who carried it stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. And so the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear seized them all and they began to glorify God saying, a great prophet has appeared among us and God has come to help his people. And this report about Jesus circulated throughout Judea and all the surrounding country. What a powerful, powerful story. But the first thing I want to look at is, it says that Jesus saw her and felt compassion. Some translations say his heart went out to her, right? And that's what happened. And, 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 and I think the first thing I, I want to say is I really think we need to learn how to, to develop spiritually sensitive sight. Spiritually sensitive sight. 
a, a sight that can see beyond just the physical and the earthly, but a sight that, that can trigger something in us that's spiritual that helps another person spiritually. That's what I see with Jesus because Jesus, here he is, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's having a great time. He just had a great victory. He's got a large crowd with him. I don't know about you, but I bet you that crowd was very encouraging to Jesus. I mean, wow, Jesus, how did you heal? I mean, that, that's amazing. You just said something and then the, he was healed. I mean, wow, then you did this and that. I mean, a large crowd and, and I'm sure it was encouraging. And then all of a sudden you see this other crowd and it's just not encouraging for, for a genuine reason. Right? I mean, that, that is discouraging. Death is, is, is the thing that, can, that takes our heart out the most, right? Of a loved one. You know? And, and, and we've we got to be praying for those of us that have lost loved ones recently. You know, I mean, I can could, I, I could name a lot. Right? Uh, but definitely, you know, Kelly's feeling it. Pray for her, right? This is a tough time. These are, these are tough times. But that crowd of Jesus encouragement, this, this negative crowd, if it were me, you know what my, my flesh is when I see something that feels overwhelming? Just kind of let it pass. Right? Just hope it, just, you know, that's wow. Put, take my hat off or whatever and just let it. That, that could have been an option right there. It's to just not engage. There was no, I mean, he didn't have to, right? I mean, she had plenty of people with her, mourning with her, and that, that knew her. There is no, we don't know. Jesus may have never even known this woman at all. Didn't even know who the boy was that died, no relationship. He could, he could have easily just kept going. But there was something in Jesus that his sight wasn't just a sight that saw and recorded the facts. Wow, that's a bummer. That's it's gonna be tough for her. Sheesh. Widow already. Woo. Now no son. Wow. Totally vulnerable. Not just to physical challenges, but just socially and economically. Wow, her life's gonna be a challenge. Man, I hope those people in her life really help her out. That could have been Jesus' mindset, but not Jesus. And I appreciate that about Jesus. He saw her and his heart went out to her and he chose to get involved. You know what? We need to make the same decision. There's, there, in my opinion, there's 20% of the people doing 80% of the loving around this church sometime. Is it okay to just throw that out there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, so here, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Some of you are guilty conscience people. Some of, here's what happens. Some of you are like helping 53 people right now. Okay, and, and I just said that and now you're feeling like, oh my, but you think of the one person you didn't get to and now you're totally guilty because you didn't get to the 54th and the 55th. I'm not talking to you. Just chill. Relax. Take some deep breaths, right? I'm not talking to you. Okay. But man, some of us, come on. Needs all around us all around us and we're not engaging spiritually we're waiting for someone else or worse we're just complaining about our own lives or whatever I wish somebody would meet my needs and then maybe I, I think you got to check your heart 
we need to be people like Jesus that when we see the needs around us, we see spiritually and we have a spiritual sensitivity and we're willing to engage and take the initiative. Because I appreciate about this woman, what, what, what kind of faith did she have? Did she, did, did she go to the temple every day? Did she love Jesus? Had she uh, given to his ministry in the past? We don't know. Did she beg Jesus? Jesus, please. Oh, uh, here's my son. Can you please? She didn't, do, she didn't say a word. Jesus took the initiative. Jesus stepped out of his comfort and his, his, his scene of encouragement and joy and happiness. He stepped out of that and went into this, this place of despair and discouragement. Totally inconvenient. And he initiated. He didn't wait for her to ask at all. Is that you? Or do you need like an Evite to, you know, to go and help somebody out? <laughs> well, Jeff, what does that look like? Well, it might be as simple as you see someone looking discouraged and walking up to them. How are you doing? How's it going today? I could be wrong, but I don't know, you seem a little down, you know, I'm just checking in on you. How you feeling? Anything going on in your life? How's the fam? Right? Is that, is that hard to do? But and, and here's the deal, guys. Don't, uh, let me fight this with you on this. Don't sit there and go, well, no one's done it to me, so I'm waiting. No. No, no, no. If, if everyone had your attitude, what would the church look like? So it's not acceptable. If we're going to have that heart of compassion, if we want to exhibit it toward us, guess what? The first step is you open your mouth. You try to help somebody. It might be as simple as, hey, man, let's just go out and pray in the parking lot on our way to our cars. I'll go first. You close out. Let's go. You know, whatever. It might go deeper than that. It might be a time in, at one another's homes or, hey, it may, it may, it may need to be that. It may need, may need to be multiple times at one another's homes. I don't know. But it's not acceptable to avoid the situation. Just let it pass. That's not a heart of compassion. Compassion is seeing spiritually the sensitivity of people's needs and taking the initiative and stepping into their world. You know, and then he says to her, do not weep. Now that's not awesome bedside manner. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like right there. Of course a person's going to weep. So what's going on right there? You know, sometimes Jesus says stuff and you just go, what is that? You know? Wow, Jesus, that seems a little off. But it's Jesus, so it's not off, right? So we cut that option out, right? So <laughs> multiple choice, we got a few options left. And I don't know what you believe about it, but to me, I believe he's speaking on a spiritual level to this woman. Earthly level, nothing but despair. Hopeless. Earthly, what you see with your physical sight, no, nothing but weep. That's all you can do. But I believe Jesus does something that's powerful. I believe he speaks on a spiritual level in her life. He speaks spiritually in her life. He had the ability to obviously reverse what happened to the son. And so for him, that, he was just speaking spiritually true. Don't weep. Don't worry. But I got, I've got this. You, weeping is unnecessary right now because I'm in, I am here and I'm going to change things around. Now, we don't, if we were in that situation, we couldn't 
probably do that, right? Okay. And in your situation today, what does this look like? And honestly, to me, we got to learn how to speak spiritually in people's lives. You know, I, I think we got to figure that out. Or, you know, someone, I lost my job. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. That's a real earthly serious situation. So what you going to do? Oh, man, that stinks, man. See you later, you know what I mean? No! Wow, that's challenging. And, and yeah, I'm feeling stressed. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know all I can tell you is the scriptures talk about, man, do not be anxious about anything. But you know what we should do? We should pray about the situation and offer, up, offer it up to God. And you know, we probably need to ask everybody in your family group to pray too. And maybe a couple of us can fast and, and, and pray. Hopefully you can get a job. I know I'm not changing your physical, earthly circumstance right now, but I'm speaking spiritually into your life. I think we got to learn how to do that with one another. Right? Hey, bro, man, I got to be honest with you, man. The way you was talking to your wife was kind of harsh, dude. What's up? What you feeling, man? Well, she ain't done, you know. <laughs> well, bro, I hear you, but you know, Bible just talks about you got you can't be harsh with your wife, man. You know, anger the way you should exhibit in there, man. That doesn't bring about the righteous life God desires, man. Let me just, man, let's pray about it. I love you. I, hey, I've done the same kind of stuff, but let me just break it down. But that's not cool. You know, that's my sister in the Lord. I don't, you know, you, I, don't, I don't want you. Don't go down that road. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't come at me like that either. Sometimes, guys, we get prideful, right? We don't like anybody calling us out like that, right? But we got to speak truthfully and spiritually in each other's lives. I may not be able to change the situation that happened, but at least I can speak a spiritual truth into this moment. And bring God into this moment. And I believe that's what Jesus gets at. Earthly situation, man. Weep, but you know what? You don't don't weep, because I have the ability to change that which is earthly. I I can turn this thing around. And what does he do? He touches, he touches, and it wasn't a closed coffin. It, most people say it was just a like a pallet, you know, with the body on top of it, maybe a cloth over the body. Maybe that's more the visual. And the scriptures, the Jewish scriptures, right? Talk, you touch a corpse, right? You are ceremonially unclean. You are, you, are, you are unable to participate fully within the people of God. You have been defiled for a period of time and are unholy. And you're unable to be in the presence of, of God, right? That's in the law. That's in the Jewish law. So Jesus, he, he still touches Right? What does that communicate? What do you think that means? And, and if a person, right, if, if, surely if they're defiled, surely God's not going to work through them, right? So, wait a minute. So maybe Jesus isn't just like you and me. There's something else about Jesus. He's the Lord. <laughs> death doesn't defile Jesus. Jesus overcomes death. When Jesus touches death, death is overcome. Death is defeated. Jesus isn't defiled. This is Luke giving us a glimpse into, into the nature of Jesus. Don't, don't get it twisted. He's not just another great teacher. He can overcome death and not even be defiled by it. And then think about this. On the heels of what happened with the centurion servant whom he healed without even seeing. 
Here, why didn't he do the same thing? Why not just say something? Why touch? Right? And I, and I think to me it gets back to that sense of Jesus just like, I'm, gonna, I'm, getting, I'm getting my arms dirty here. I don't care what this does to me personally. I'm willing to meet your needs. I love that about Jesus. He is so amazing to me. When I read, and I've read this a million times, and I never cease to be inspired by this. Because that woman, I know she was hurting. And you, she was probably even wondering, man, if, if she was a praying woman, it's the, the pain of unanswered prayers, right? Her prayers may have been unanswered, but her tears were not unnoticed by God. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. She probably prayed for her son to live a long life. And she thought it was over. But no, no, no. God came and he touched her through Jesus. I want to share something with you because a couple weeks ago, I went to what we call New to North River. And uh, if you haven't been, it's, it's pretty cool. We uh, meet over in the FLC and it's people, some of you were there and it's people that are, we do it periodically. We give people an opportunity to maybe ask questions of the leaders, just meet the church leaders. Uh, and also we get to meet people that are interested in becoming members of the church. And it's just a time to kind of get to know each other a little better. And uh, as is often the time, we, uh, we open it up for people to share some of the things that they're experiencing. And, and the, la the one I went to two weeks ago, I was totally amazed. So... For one, one woman shares, she shared, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up going to much church, I mean, a little bit, and she was part of, her family was part of a certain, you know, denomination, whatever, but she was just sharing, she had gone through a lot. She had uh, some medical challenges and some di distinctly challenging marriage situation and uh, was just going through the ringer. Uh, she had actually known a brother in the church for many years. Who, who had invited her to church multiple times and she finally came, you know, with her husband. And, um, but she shared and she was talking about how challenging things were and how dark things were. And she said that I think, she mentioned one day the doorbell rang or whatever, she went to the door and she, all she saw was a, a package on her, her like doorstep or whatever. And basically it said something like, we're in this together. And it was the brothers and sisters from the church, the family group she'd been attending, dropped it off and kind of left, you know, and just left it for her. And she's kind of, you know, she's breaking up as she's t talking about this. I'm crying now, you know, at that point. And she's just like, you know, I've never seen any, I've never seen love like that. She said, I expect it from blood, but this, wow. And so, you know, so I sit there and she was on to this side of me and I'm kind of crying. Then another woman over here, she starts talking and, you know, she's a little, little bit more mature woman, vigor, fiery, you know, fun loving kind of woman. You know, she, she's talking about, man, I, you know, I went through a tough time. I had, uh, had to go through chemo. Uh, she had lost her hair, you know, and she was wearing, you know, something to cover her hair. And, and she was sharing about the sister sitting right next to her, about how she'd come be with her through the chemo, help her out, and, and the family group that was loving up on her. And, and, and she talked about this sister's big black Bible that she would just, you know, bring around and, and, and share scriptures with her when she was going through the low times. And I'm still crying. 
I'm like, I got to get up out of here. This is too much. <laughs> and then another dude raised his hand. He's kind of in the middle. He raised his hand. He's got his wife sitting next to him. And he starts talking. He said, man, I, I, I was a faithful Christian. I, I kind of left the church for a while, jacked up my marriage for a long time. But I knew, I knew there was a couple that I'd known a long time ago. And they happen to be members here at North River now. He said, but I knew I could call them up. And he called them up. And they, they, I guess they took this couple in. And we're trying to help him get back on track. And all the while, the brother, he's sharing, he's crying, talking about, I said, this is what it, compassion is. This is what it's about. And here's the problem. See, I see all the problems. I go to a lot of meetings, in my opinion, more than I probably really want to go to, to be honest with you. But amen, I know they're kind of necessary, most of them. And so... <laughs> But I think, you know, I, we got to change this. And I'm even the one, yeah, we got to change this. You know, change, this is not good. And we got to do this better. And, something, and honestly, I went and I listened to that. And nobody told anybody, you need to go and share scriptures with this woman in chemo. Uh, we didn't have a meeting to tell them, you need to drop something off, put it on, on her door, ring the doorbell. We didn't tell anybody to do that. This is what compassion does. It changes people's lives. When you stop being selfish and thinking about only your needs and reach out to somebody else, that's what Jesus did. That's what his followers, that's what we need to do. And I don't do it perfectly, but man, I'm grateful to hear these stories. So for all the problems we have, amen. There's some people out there doing it, right? But let's all be doing it. Man, who, who can we show this type of compassion to, right? Oh, man, I spoke too long probably on that. But that fired me. I done read that a million times. I still love it. You know, being a preacher is weird. I mean, how long have I been here? Ten years? I'm, I'm going to run out of stuff, right, Tommy? At some point, right? We're going to have to get somebody else up here at some point. But I, but I, I love this passage. We're going to close out. Because we got to look at this last. Think about what I said about spiritually sensitive seeing. Right? Think about that as we read this final part and close out. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 36. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is and she's a sinner. And Jesus answered him, hey Simon, I got something to tell you. Alright, well tell me teacher. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. See, neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, 
well, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Well, you have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman, but he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. In the time we have left, when we talk about spiritually sensitive sight, the Pharisees saw the woman and what did he do? He just thought negative thoughts to himself. Right? And what was he concerned about? He's concerned about her past, her status in the society. That's all he saw. Here's a person that's going to basically just unannounced come into the man's house. Totally inappropriate, right? Totally risque, whatever word you want to use. I don't have time to go into the depth of all that. Taking down her hair, what that signified. All. But let's just, this was a major party foul. Breach of all kind of social rules. She was the last person to show up to a religious person's house in the man's house. If she, if, if that woman, notorious sinner, totally known who she was, type of person, if she's going to go to the religious man's house, unannounced, put, it just, it just, and act like this, and the only thing you can do is think, man, what's wrong with this woman? If, if this Jesus was really real, he, if he was a real prophet, if he, if he was as good as me, if he was the legit, wow, that is what you call no spiritual sensitivity, right? None. All he's thinking about is earthly titles, earthly positions. That's all he's thinking about. And I appreciate Jesus, right? In verse 44, do you see this woman? You know, I appreciate that. Of course he can see her. Everybody sees the woman, right? So, so he's not asking, do, you, do your eyes? That's not what he's asking. This was an awkward moment, people. Everybody could see the woman. <laughs> no one even knew what to say. It's just like, oh my gosh, is she really? Gosh. So, gee, do you see, Simon, do you see, do you see her? Do you see her. Simon, you don't see her. You're looking at her, but you don't see her. You don't see what's in her heart. You don't see what it took to get here. 
You don't see what she wants, what she needs, what she can't even say, what she can't express. You don't even see it. And it's right in your house. And you are the people God has called to help his people to understand him. And you don't even see this woman. You don't even have the spiritual sensitivity to put down all your selfishness and all your desire to be the top prophet or this or that and just see what this woman's going through. You're not even a good host, let alone prophet. <laughs> ain't come in the house and even offer me nothing. <laughs> Sometimes people just look at people and not, uh, you know, he, he just looking at who she was in that moment, just a sinner. But, you know, Jesus, wow, he saw her future who she could be and was willing to forgive her. And here's the deal. May, some scholars think maybe there was an a, a interaction before this where Jesus had really had something, a, a moment with her and helped her understand your sins are forgiven. I've come to do that. And so this was a response, you know, to that. Like, I don't care where, I, he's, he's there, I'm there. You know, some, some say it was a response because he says her sins had been forgiven. Some people, even if it is or isn't, she was very grateful for who Jesus was and the compassion that he gave her. And notice she was willing to give up this alabaster jar. Again, you could do your own study. It's so expensive, worth so much. But to her, she was willing to give it away. Right? Because when Jesus has touched you and has seen you and seen what you need and met your need, you'll give him whatever. Why wouldn't you? You would, give, you would give anything. And that's why when you read Acts, in, in Acts two, you know, 4 and 2, the believers were in common. They had everything. They gave, they gave their stuff away. Why? They were so grateful. Because Peter had, had the keys and he taught them, Jesus forgives our sins. Because guys, that's what all of us need the most. We need our sins forgiven. That's the biggest problem we all have. And amen for the compassion of Jesus to see you in your sinful state and take the initiative to see you spiritually for who you were, to not just look at the past and think that you'll never be any different, but to still generously give of his only son to allow for you to have your sins forgiven to be right with him. Compassion starts with God. That's where it starts. And so he expects us to live that way in our lives, right? And so that's, we need to go out and help people see who they are spiritually, right? We need to have that spiritual sensitivity. You know, this day, I mean, I got so many messages, so many, oh my gosh, this week. Oh, Jeff, what are you going to talk about? The election, bro, you got to talk. I'm not, not going to sit up there and talk about all that stuff for 30, 45 minutes. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I kind of I kinda got worn out on some of it, to be totally honest with you. But let me tell you this, because hey, before you put me in a box... I voted Republican in my life. I voted Democrat in my life. So it's not about that. All right? It's not about that. But here's the deal. I know this. That God has established a kingdom that cannot be shaken. That much I know. Right? Hebrews 12 talks about that. That, that, that his kingdom cannot be shaken. Do your own Bible study of Daniel chapter 7. 
Even Old Testament, Daniel was given a vision of the Ancient of Days and one like the Son of Man who comes on the clouds. And what does it say about him? This was thousands of years ago, a vision into the future that his kingdom, the kingdom of the Son of Man, it will never be shaken. His dominion will last forever. Forever. So for me, I want to be compassionate for people that feel uneasy. Or Some people are fired up. Some people are uneasy. I mean, there's right. I mean, everybody's in the middle on this end, that end. I don't know what's going on. But I can tell you this much. I don't know if dude's going to build a wall or not. But I know Ephesians 2 says that Jesus broke down the dividing wall of hostility. Is that not what it says? Right? And I don't know about foreign policy. I don't know what he's going to do. But I can tell you what, me and you are supposed to go into all the nations and make disciples. That's what I know. Right? And I don't know anything else about, hey, I don't know who's going to be appointed this, chief of staff or that. But I know you and me are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. Amen. Is that, is, is that not in the scriptures? Yeah. And so at some point you got to speak spiritual truths into what's going on in the world. So you go out and you be compassionate. You help people see their deepest need is to get their sins forgiven. Yeah. I don't care what health care plan is in effect and if pre-existing conditions will be accepted or not. Everybody got a pre-existing condition. They're full of sin and they need help to make it to heaven. And Jesus is the answer to that. That's all I know. Golly, man. So don't lose your mind about what's going on. Speak spiritually to these situations. Right? Let's pray. Amen. Lord, help us. Ooh, Lord, help us. We are trying to live spiritually minded. 75 years from now, Lord, somebody else is going to be probably running this country. If there is one, if you haven't sent Jesus back before then. <clears throat> we don't even know who that person's going to be. But the same truths that are true today, that were true 50 years ago, are always going to be true. You created. You gave us life. You sent Jesus. He's coming back. He can't be defeated. We need those truths. Help us as we are compassionate and meet people where they are in various stages of hurt, confusion, discouragement, despair. Father, help us to see people like that and to have spiritually sensitive sight. Help us not to avoid them, not be willing to get our own uh, arms dirty, but help us to take the initiative and speak spiritually into their lives. And help us to always remember that our deepest need is to have our salvation, to get our sins forgiven. And help us be willing to go into any nation to help people to see who you are. We need to be compassionate and generous, just like you, Father. And we are so trying. Help us through the power of your Spirit. Pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.